minute, Wait turn, a minute. On the radio. turn on the radio My homie got a new show and it's time to play it's it though play it I though, hope right. you got in tune, got he talking bigger business big He make business. a lot of moves, a lot of moves. Welcome Scott to the Startup Showcase, I'm your host Scott Katoon Joining me on today's show is going to co-host and ride along here is Pete Wilkins, High oh, Park Angels. Awesome co-host, I like it. Yeah, you oh, know when I you're here it. all day, when you're here for the whole show, you all right, know, we gotta gotta make it real. Um, right off the top here, uh, we've got. So first off, you can follow us along on social. This uh, conversation from this show, if you remember the last time Pete was in, we talked about the Shy Wellness Challenge hashtag Shy Wellness Challenge. Um, I think it's important for people to follow us on social because. Well, it just helps me in general, but uh, for the purposes of keeping track of fitness things and having comments and conversation, um, following people and, and posting to the hashtag Shy Wellness Challenge has brought on a bunch of new participants uh, from the original challenge, whether that's Vic Pascucci, who was in last week, or our other folks that have sort of caught on to this. So you can follow uh, at Technori or at Katoon for everything or at Pete Wilkins underscore, correct? That's right, Scott. See, look at that. I remember things. Um, so please do follow. Uh, feel free to comment. Feel free to DM us. Um, if you're If you're in the challenge, you can just write stuff to any of us and people respond. That's sort of how this has gone. And then obviously the general show you should follow because uh, we have all kinds of good stuff that you're missing out. If you don't follow us on Instagram, you are missing all of the good stuff. Okay, let's jump right into the show. So Pete, you have been a recurring guest on the show for with the podcast for years. For this show, for the last little while, mostly around the, the wellness challenge, obviously folks that have listened before know uh, that you're the managing director of Hyde Park Angels. If you want to give that a quick plug, then we can jump right into stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So Hyde Park Angels is the most active early stage investor in Chicago, real active in the Midwest. And I think that fundamentally what we do is we help entrepreneurs build what they think will be the next big thing. So we've taken people that have done it before, match it with them, invest in behind these entrepreneurs, and hopefully build a company that will not only make them proud, but Chicago proud. Sounds good. All right, so we're going to get real, and I'm just going to gonna preface this with you on the sense that we have a couple breaks, but we're going to carry this conversation, I think, through the whole show. We've got a call-in from Dare Mighty Things, Michael Gelfman, uh, after the news at, at the half hour. Uh, but by and large, this is going to be the bulk of the conversation, and I think it's an important one for everyone out there. So, Pete, I told you before we started... I wasn't going to tell you the actual piece. I here. like it. Teaser. So yeah, it's a, it's a big time teaser. So I I have this kind of working feeling, working thought that I call it the high whether you high achiever high performer uh, high achievers paradox, and basically the the concept of it is simple. It is just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it, and I am like the biggest I would say violator of this, and and it's grown into this thing. That I drinking is one of the conversations we're going to talk about because of the Whoop app, but like there are other things that have fit into this, and I, I think people, if you open your mind to this, you're going to realize like, oh my god, I do this. Here's the deal. I think that there is sort of this coin flip between those people who have a gift and choose to ride the gift, and those people who have a gift and choose to nourish the gift. And when I'm speaking of this, it, it is really personally quite simply this. I have always had the ability to perform at certain times, and I would look at that and go, because I have such an advantage when I'm what, competing in school, competing in whatever it is, I had this sort of like extra gear that I could get into that other people couldn't get. I looked at that like, oh, so I can take it easy 
during a lot of other things where everyone else is working hard. One of them for me was always being able to go out drinking and partying and having fun and knowing that tomorrow when everyone else is just crushed or they're operating at their best, I will just be operating where they are because I'm a little under the influence, (laughs) but I would still be good enough on my own that even with the influence, I would be better still. And that that started off by going and taking tests and going to school and and performing in athletics and things after being out the night before and be like, no big deal. It slowly morphed into sort of an addiction, and I don't mean alcohol, but addiction to the idea that I'm going to operate disadvantaged. I'm going to win even though I'm disadvantaged. Sure. And it became this like self-fulfilling thing that is now so deeply rooted in everything I do that there are times when I, I can almost feel like I'm purposely going out and doing, getting drinks and, and doing whatever because I know that tomorrow I'm almost going to relish in the fact that I'm feeling a little bit... You know, not quite all there, but I'm still crushing it. All right. And I have come to this conclusion that on the other side of the coin, the same addiction personality type exists, but for a different thing. Folks like you will be like, oh, I'm not going to consume alcohol. I'm not going to consume things that slow me down because I have a gift and I'm going to run forward into it. I'm going to give myself so much fitness that that gift is like, you know, super powered. But I, I think it's the same mechanism in the middle that drives you one drives to like ride it and the other one drives to push it if that makes any sense uh, i think it, i think it, i think you see it play out all the time so so scott this is the, okay so i need to kind of step back because you said you're going to surprise me um in the conversation which you've done and there's a few layers got more surprises for you <laughs> i think you know there's a few layers in that and i think that fundamentally um it goes back to something that i speak to a lot is kind of what is your performance against a given goal and what is your pathway to achieving that. And so I I often believe that probably what you're trying to achieve in your goal has a lot more layers than you lead on to or people believe. Um, But I think that what ultimately starts to focus is once you get a better sense of what is going to make you satisfied. I don't know if the word happy would be accurate. No, I think satisfied is a better way to put that. Because uh, I, I don't think you can always It's like be happy. scratching an itch. It's not that you're happy. You just feel like, yeah, check that box. Right. And I think that there's an element of experience where there's enough um, on the ledger of not feeling fulfilled that starts to make you look at what makes you feel fulfilled. Yeah. And I bet, just I'm going to go out on a limb here, um, I think there's, to your point, I think that there's probably an, uh, an element where you accelerate in the fact that you can make it happen when you want to make it happen. Yeah. Um, and I, I get that in a, probably in a variety of different ways. <laughs> But there's also, yeah, you could see this isn't a TV show, but if you could see Feet's face, while well, I could get this in a variety. Uh, of ways. Well, I mean, I think it's a really complex thing for sure. But I think that what I would suspect is that it also leaves you unsatisfied in other ways. Totally. And I think that over time, and I think experience, um, you'll start to make a bunch of decisions that either bad habits will really start to form. Or you'll figure out, hey, you know, the consequences of my actions, even though I can't perform, look at what I'm leaving on the table. We're going to take a a break in a second here and come back and continue this conversation. But I want to leave you and the listeners with this little piece. It hit me when I first saw it, which is scary because if you know the date of the movie, then you know how old I probably was. And it's too young to be thinking this way, but it was in Tommy Boy. And I have quoted this a million (laughs) times. Not only is there a Marquette connection, but in Tommy Boy... 
when when Callahan's dad, before he passes away at the wedding, he sells a bunch of guys on some brake pads, and he turns around to Tommy Boy and he goes, you know what, I'm not going to say the exact quote because there's no any language in it, but the gist of it is, I'm three whiskey sours deep and I still sold the SOB, beep, beep, beep. And that hit me at that moment. I laughed and I was like, that's me. I'm that guy. I'm the guy who goes in and everyone else is like freaking out. And I'm, I'm throwing three, three scotches in and I'm still rocking. Like, and I don't know why. And so we're going to pick this up. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come All back. Right. And you're very gonna, inspiring. You're, you're going you're to inspire inspiring. me. All right. You're listening to Scott Cartoon. This is the start of Showcase on WGN. I am back here with... Uh, Pete Wilkins, we were just, I was getting vulnerable. I was just talking about the, my, um. I don't know if you were getting vulnerable. I think you were being. This is as vulnerable bold. as I get. Now, Pete. We're, now you're going to get vulnerable. Yeah, well, you can bring it out of me. This is about <laughs> as, as, as vulnerable as I get. I, um, we were, we're kind of talking about the fact that there's like a, and it doesn't have to be drinking. It is for me, but there's like a, a booze culture thing that gets wound into it to where, in my mind, I know that. Most of the people I'm going against are are performing at their peak. They've been, you know, they're they're slapped. They're, you know, they're not out at night. They're they're very ready to go today. And if I can still whoop right through the day, even though I'm not there, it's like that win is worth ten points more for me. And I, no know, one else cares. But I, but <laughs> That's I think a stupid thing. so. I, I I'm not going to debate the fact of what your performance level actually is. Oh, it's clearly, down. It's, it could be a lot better. Clearly, clearly mentally. You have embraced this vision of just whooping ass, which, you know, I guess we should get some callers to call in and actually get some assessment. But in your... In you start your, with my wife. She's going to call yeah, me and go, exactly. uh, this isn't really... There's not much whoop going on. Yeah, she's got, a lot of, she's got a lot of data samples, too. Oh, my God. But I think that the question would ultimately be... Um, Probably for your psyche that, that it really kind of builds to that. It would be interesting to do a little A-B testing, which we do all the time from a startup perspective, is you know, look at what is that, what do I perform like in these scenarios? What do I perform like in those scenarios? Yeah. And I suspect um, you might be able to find other challenges that you overcome some healthier um, challenges. <laughs> but I, as opposed to like saying, okay, I'm going to physically impair my body to actually go perform at a disadvantage so that I am somewhat better than what I perceive as my competitors. Yeah. Versus, and I think you could argue, um, moderation of, of my consumption of alcohol allows me to perform twice as effective. So I go from a uh, great player, let's say, yep. to a world-class player. Yeah. And you know what, though, Scott? Maybe you just don't got world class in you. I don't think I. I definitely <laughs> so, don't have the, the so stallion. Maybe, is... maybe this AV task. No, it comes back and says, you know what? I was right <laughs> all along. I think that um, those challenges. I do think, though, the ability and there's evidence is like your ability to relax in the consumption of alcohol yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. And then be able to get re-energized. Um, and the younger you are, the easier it is to kind of recover. That is And I just to be that, clear, we're not talking about getting blitzed. Right. I just want to be very clear here. Right. This is not this isn't like showing up and getting loaded. I'm it, there's when you get to a certain level, which I think you actually are very much at this level where your fitness is so ingrained in your your daily behavior that if I were to have, I mean, I, I, when I was in sort of like, I was never like where you are as, as close to the, the, the fitness stuff, but 
I could tell even one or two drinks the day before my performance as far as like, you know, physically activity, you know, working out and so forth. So, I mean, I, I, just, I just want to be clear for people listening. Right, I'm not number one, motor. just for everyone on the record, not getting blitz, not getting yeah. hammered, just um, a cocktail or two. Yeah. All right. Good clarification. But kind of going back to something that you were saying. and you know, Sometimes something... getting blitz, now that we're... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think that the interesting thing that I had really, going back to startups, A-B testing... You know, wearables have created the opportunity to measure your performance. And as I've mentioned on previous shows, I'm kind of a geeky, quantified self guy. And so I started looking at that data and how it impacted my physical performance was impacting my operational and my performance in the job. And I'm confident, thanks to the data that I look at, it has an impact of how I perform in, in business. And I saw poor performance as when my body was not... Um, appropriately recovered, and I've also seen impact in my family and all that. But the data was so overwhelming that it changed my behavior. And I think that it's the Whoop yep. um, podcast that I was kind of tweeting about. They speak to it extremely well. Like, why is that? And basically, it's just your ability to recover. The data shows you can't. Yeah. And I've come to believe there's a couple. I totally of agree with that, by the way, because I, I actually look at. I mean, I'm, I'm a, a whoop guy also, and I I do look at the the days that you know if I had drinks the day before, my sleep is a lot less quality, um, and obviously then the next day I don't have nearly the energy and so forth. And that's why I'm selling you to start the show. I mean, it's this is a psychological play in my head. It's this isn't about you know being peak performance as much as it is like man, I made it through the day. Like, and, and that's a stupid thing. But but like that's what I say. Like I think there's an addiction component to that, just same as it is for those who want to like maximize their performance. I think you you like get off on the idea that like I did my my day job, I did all this stuff, my family commitments, and then I still went into the gym and I grind and then I still ran and I you know and all. And it, it yours helps you probably physically, whereas mine is debilitating. I think but, I, I maybe a little bit on the flip side, um, where it actually powers better decisions as a result, so I've integrated it as a part. Yeah. But let's be really clear. I appreciate the compliments of you know your perception of me, but I can tell you that everything um, that you're talking about, whether it's what motivates me, what drives me, what is right or wrong, I mean, I think there's – I have plenty of challenges that are – that I face on a regular basis about making good decisions, and I don't think it – I think one of the interesting things um, nowadays is the data helps me make it, and I'm kind of driven by data. But I also just see the impact of my ability to um, focus on what matters to me, ultimately. So I think that kind of goes to it. So I think, you know, I would, um, I think that the the point, and, you know, they talk about uh, in the Whoop podcast is that your sleep gets... um, significantly impacted basically you're sedated when you have too much booze in your body and it depends on how much it is but they talk specifically so i will i'll let people listen to that um but what happens is that your body in deep sleep recovers and so when you're sedated your body isn't recovering and your rem sleep which allows you to kind of stimulate yourself from a um a recover mentally um, that is also, do I need to wrap? No, you're good. All right, good. He was giving me the, like, okay, you're talking too much. We'll <laughs> no, <I was> cut <laughs> it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, but I think that 
then you start to look at, oh, wow, now I really get when my sleep's compromised or when I got too much booze in my system. And it differs on different people. And I think that the factor, though, Scott, a little bit is there is also an element of it's not about every day like you have this crazy regimen that you have to operate. I think you got to live life. But you got to also be thoughtful about how you're impacting your body, what you're doing to it, what does alcohol do to it, et cetera. And it's a little bit from different from your point. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I think the, the one, the challenge for me is just, and you have the same battles, like just the, the social commitments to this job are sometimes easier with uh, a little grease on the wheel. And uh, the other the other part of it though is like for me it's like I recognize like when I when I get the right sleep when I get fitness and like how much better I feel and obviously more energy more performance like I don't I don't question that at all and it, it, like I there are times where I wish that I could have the strength to just be like all right you're just gonna I, I have a very hard time it's like diets I have a very hard time eating a little bit here and a little bit there I'm a binge guy mm-hmm. so it's like I'm either all in or right. I don't do any right and so it's a hard challenge for me sometimes just because I have to like. I don't drink at all for a week, or I have drinks every night. There is no like once in a while. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm that guy. I don't know, man. I, and it's okay. Uh, that's okay too. I mean, I mean, I think depends that a on lot how people, every day like, it as long is. as you know who you are and how you operate, right? I know me. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break, and we'll come right back. <laughs> Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host Scott Catoon, sitting here with co-host Pete Wilkins, and on the phone is our good friend Michael Gelfman from Dear Mighty Things. Michael, are you there? Um, you are. How you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? Good. Good to be back on the uh, startup showcase. Really excited. Am I wrong, or didn't you like move to Chicago the last two events for like a month? What, what, what's going on here? Yeah, you know, it's uh, had some things to take care of, and uh, back in Kansas City, and so uh, I'll be up there soon. Though the event's coming up soon, so. Yeah, so tell us about Dare Mighty Things. Uh, when you are here, I think if you're if the Saturday aligns with the Monday before the event, I will have you uh, come in studio with us. Uh, but for those that are listening now, uh, share with us what Dare Mighty Things is and make sure to give away all your plugs and your promos and all that good jazz. Yeah, so Dare Mighty Things, Inc. called it one of the world's most inspiring tech conferences. Our purpose is to like show people that anything is possible. And so this year we've got amazing speakers on October 28th. Uh, we have astronauts, people built in flying cars, the co-founder of Siri, the head of AI at NASA, basically people who have changed the world. And so they'll be sharing their stories about creating these things and challenges they overcame and, you know, how other people can do that too. So uh, you go to DareMightyThings.co. Uh, we have, you know, registration available. And so hope to see Chicago out there this year. Any uh, any good MCs or anybody showing up? Uh, I heard I heard you're going to be there this year, being an MC once again for the third year in a row. Excited to have you doing that. Shameless self promotion. So. Shameless self promotion. Um, yeah, no. I, I I just want to tell you, and the people listening, I've talked about this obviously every year when you when you do it. What I like, I don't get. I'm like pretty much taking myself out of a lot of the events and things now, just because it's. I don't know. Maybe I got fatigued from it, or maybe it just there's just so much going on. But the reason that I continually get involved with Dare Mighty Things is that it is not a networking event. It's not. I mean, you can network, you'll meet people, but it's not designed to be that. It's designed to come in and listen to really, really inspiring, crazy thought people 
who just tell you this story and you're like, I, I just remember like a couple times the first year for sure I showed up and I was late coming on stage a handful of times because I got so caught up in listening to the speaker that I was like, oh my God, I have a job here. I have to, I have to come back out here. Uh, <laughs> what was the inspiration for you on <clears throat> creating an event? See, everybody else's event is like, it's a pitch event or it's a networking event. There's like a big call to action. Your event is not that way other than to think big. That's the, the call to action. What made you decide to do this as opposed to all of the other crazy events that people are trying to do? Because you've been at this a long time. It's new, you know, new-ish to Chicago, yeah. but not new to you. Well, you know, I've, I've done all those other events. We've done, we started with networking events. We started with happy hours. We started with little gatherings, and that's you sort of built, built the community up. And then I sort of realized, you know, hey, like, I think we could do a conference. And so we did, we started what became Dare Mighty Things. And so, you know, the vision of it became more solidified as we went forward. And so, you know, really, like I said, we want to inspire people because, you know, when I started this whole thing, when I started networking events and little things, I never imagined it would become what it is now. And so I think people can learn lessons from those people who are speaking, you know, that, that, they didn't wave a magic wand and, you know, create a flying car or a Siri. It's, there's a journey there. It's, it's a very difficult thing, you know, and I think once people understand that it's a process and you never give up, I think, like, they can learn from that, too, that, uh, you know, they just think there's this end result. They don't see the journey. So, um, like I said, it's, it's, it's something different. We want to create something different than exists, and I know he's done that. And we aim to top ourselves every single year. So, again, glad to have you a part of it. Uh, and uh, it's awesome. Love to be back in Chicago. Where uh, where do people go? Like, what are the ticket? What what's the ticket options? And are there discounts? Are there deals? What's going on? Uh, right now, there's uh, you know regular price, which is like four ninety five. The full day conference with amazing speakers that you would never hear. Otherwise, they're all compiled together. Uh, it's an amazing curated lineup. And then there's a last chance, which, you know, goes on sale the week before, uh, you know, a couple days before if you wait. So right now it's 495 Um Don't have any promo codes. But, uh, you need some promo codes. You know, one of, the thing, one of the things, Scott, that I think that Dermighty Things does is it kind of gives you the courage to say, why not? Why why not try something that I wasn't able to do and look at the impact it could have? And it's amazing. You hear these stories and you'll come, but you'll come away inspired, but you'll also come away, I think more prepared to do things in your own life. That's, that's going to make a big difference. No, I, I totally agree. I, um, I just, uh, I think having sat backstage and have the opportunity to meet a bunch of the people who have spoken at your events, uh, I still keep in touch with uh, the CTO of Ripple, mostly just because I'm I'm speculating <laughs> buying some XRP, and I keep asking him why is it not going up faster. Um, but I do I do hope that people check it out because uh, it's a cool event that you do here in Chicago. Um, but we just need you to come to Chicago because the the city is quieter without you. Oh man, that's so nice. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's not nice. I, I didn't tell you if I like no, it quiet no, or not. No. Uh... <laughs> That's a great compliment. I appreciate. Also appreciate Pete's feedback. I know he was there. I believe he was there last year, and I, I love hearing other people describe it. Sort of how, you know, without me saying anything, it's like it, it, they get the gist of it. And so um, that's that makes that's uh, that's exciting. Well, yeah. I mean, you said us all the problems. What exactly to say? 
I'm, I'm just teasing. Well, yeah, no, no, no. It's like as a founder, you know, when you create something, you hope that your messaging and your what you've created, what your intent behind it, is conveyed through, you know, that vehicle. And so it's just great to hear two different people with similar experiences describing it in the same way. And, uh, you know, I didn't prompt any of that. Those are, those are both your words. So I know, I'm just, it's just I'm good just... to hear that. So. <laughs> I'll go on the record and just say I received no notes. <laughs> that was truly from the heart and what I, I thought. All right? I told Pete you were calling in like five minutes ago, so you know it's true. Um, Michael, thank you so much, um, and we're looking forward yep. to seeing you. If you want more airtime on WGN, you're going to have to come down here in studio in person. Otherwise, uh, oh, that's oh, what you get. believe me, I'll take it. I'll take advantage of that. I, I know you will. That, so. All right, Michael, thanks a lot. All right, Pete. So I think we're going to go ahead and take a, an, an early break because I want to wrap up on all the things you're working on on the wellness side and sort of wrap the conversation up. Uh, so we will be right back after this. All right, Pete, we are down to the final quarter of the show. we got to make a count. All right. So here's the thing. We, we've we talked about sort of I, – I, I hone in on alcohol because it's it's something that is – obviously I understand and know, but it's really about a data point that is really obvious. Like when you have drinks and you look at like Whoop, if that's your thing, or, or Apple even, if you do any sort of sleep thing, it is so obvious that you are not getting full recovery. And there are other things that we also do every single day, and I think eating habits are one of them, but lack of fitness, lack of cardio. There's a bunch of things that we can all make a small, subtle change and test it, as you put A-B test on how does it work in my life versus not. But there are several things that we can make a difference with right away. What are some of the things that you key in on or do you think people can key in on to sort of, let's not make it hard for people, just to test, just to see if you like life better this way? I think number one, sleep. I think making that a priority. You don't have to have get the perfect sleep. How do you make that a priority, though? Well, you turn off the television and you go to bed at ten thirty versus watching some stupid rerun to eleven. Yeah. So I mean, it can be as simple as that. I think that people usually make it too hard, where you don't have to do it seven days a week exactly. I mean, ideally, having some consistency within thirty minutes, but just saying okay. I'm going to make sure I get rest in the seven days so I can recover. So number one, putting some focus on sleep, all the data shows that it will help your ability to perform better regardless of what you do. Um, I think second, I think there's an element of disconnection um, from distractions um, that are constantly. So putting your phone down at dinner or spending five minutes in the middle of the day and just kind of calibrating whether you want to meditate, whether you want to look out the window, whether you want to walk down the stairs and talk to your buddy or whatever you may want to do, but kind of allow yourself to be highly intense and then recover and then go back at it. And if you can have some cycles in that, um, real simple, easy thing to do, but it'll allow you to kind of um, disengage and then re-engage in a kind of an athletic way, but yeah. in your performance from an entrepreneur perspective. Um, I, yeah, because I, I see so I see a lot of anchor sets in what you're talking about here because it's like I can I kind of can I can sleep all right for the most part. I'm not one like I struggle when my mind is really racing, but like I'm not I don't struggle that much. But I definitely think that when I'm concerted effort is made and I'm like, listen, we're we're gonna turn the screen off an hour before sleep. We're not gonna have cocktails, you know, two hours before sleep. We're not gonna have caffeine and things. An hour. If you do all of the little things to make it as 
likely as possible. It's the same thing as like with diet. I mean, if, if I don't pack a lunch, where am I going to eat? And if I don't eat, I'm probably going to get hungry and then I'm going to gorge. So like, it's just making little conscious decisions leading up that enable you to be able to do those individual things. Yeah, I mean, so a little bit, I'm going to do a little plug for the Chicago Wellness Challenge. So that was a program that we did last year. And it was really kind of building the airplane while you fly it type of scenario. Um, but we got so much feedback and so many entrepreneurs. Um, we're going to do it again next year. Um, and we're putting some muscle behind it. I actually am working with 20 spokes and casa blue to help me develop build this app and we're doing some testing right now and to your point the little steps um we want to create an app that just allows you to have micro goals that gets you to a longer goal in that six-week challenge but all the evidence in the world will show you that if you got a long-term goal you got to break it down into little goals and if you can focus on tiny steps um on a regular basis the probability that you are going to be successful goes up exponentially. And it has a lot to do with little goals can consume your attention. Your attention allows you to drive completion. Completion over time equals success. Little success equals big success. Yep. And so we're we're testing that app. So thank you to about 30 folks that are testing it. Appreciate all your feedback. You guys want 31. I've been sent and downloaded the app. My testing... <laughs> has not been the most efficient and effective for you. Well, no, you said it earlier. I think that it's not going to be for everyone. And I don't think that the idea behind the challenge is we are prescribing the way to be successful. We're trying to provide the tools to help you with success. And if you recall, and this will do it again, is like success is defined. You don't even have to be physically um, focused on your challenge. It can be all about meditation or gratitude, or it could be about stress recovery. It's the idea of how can you make incremental improvements in the way that you view your life that will allow you to do better. And I think that's what wellness is. We get into a certain element of, you know, uh, it's how much water you drink or what's your waist size or how much you can squat or whatever element or how long you can sit mindfully in a corner. Um, not very long, right. not very long. But I think so. If you're interested in being a part of the um, Shy Wellness Challenge, go to shywellnesschallenge.com or chicagowellnesschallenge.com um, and register. We'll make sure that we get you on the list rolling into next year. Um, but we had a huge impact. And um, one of the other things I do on my blog, petewilkins.me, um, talk about investing in human capital. Clearly, at the beginning of the show, I was talking about venture capital and yep. what we do. So I speak a little bit uh, about that as well. But you know, at the end of the day, humans drive everything we do. People matter, and I think that's what we're trying to focus on with the Wellness Challenge. Do you find that, and this is, I don't know if you even want to answer this, but do you find that when you get involved with something like the Shine Wellness Challenge, and you obviously are very data-driven and wellness-driven as a, as a person, that that changes the way you look at companies and, and things that you would invest in? Like, is it like one-to-one obvious or is it like you can pretend like, oh, I, you know, of course, if it's the founder is great and they have great habits, like I'm, you know, more predisposed to, to champion them. But if they're a recluse, like that's an obvious one, right? I'm not going to invest in somebody who's crazy, except sometimes those companies. Sometimes yeah, they no, I don't. I, honestly, I do not judge them with that lens. At all. I don't. I think that there are um, people that I can relate to and I can have a conversation around things that matter to me. 
Um, what if easier. they? T- what, here, I'll give you another one because this right. is one that I, I think this is applicable. I think to a lot of. I've certainly seen this. I'm sure you have. Right. Where I'm not going to judge that you're, especially if they're younger. I'm not going to judge that you are a little bit of a recluse and your your behavior is a little erratic. Yeah. What I have a problem with sometimes, and I'm not sure which way I side in this, but I have a problem with like when I say to you, I'm not coaching or preaching. I'm just saying if you would like to learn how to rein it in a little bit, come from someone who's gone as far and fast as you can, would you be interested in talking? And they're like, no, I have no, like they're not coachable in any way, and they're still a recluse. Does that change your opinion on there? Like, or is it one of those? Because it's, I just think it's tough. Well, I mean, it, like, you know, I mean, I think that you know, one of the things I do is we have a hundred plus investors that I work with, um, and all of them have been successful in starting and scaling and creating success. And what I've learned in my own career too is how people view success and how they get to success has a lot of different paths. Sure, for sure. Um, I think when you're younger, you're perspective of what you know um, and how much you think you need to know many times is a little bit skewed. skewed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you got to be careful if you have somebody that's really energetic and they have clear focus and that's how they view the world to judge them. Yep. Um, I think if somebody is a bleep to me, like then that becomes like if there's well, not a yeah, mutual like respect. The, yeah, but I think if they say, "Hey, listen, it's not disrespectful. We're not talking about they're that. Not, they're not disrespectful. Like, not they're like, thing. hey, you know what? I get your gig. Yeah, it's not, not my, my gig. gig. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying like to. That. That's so. that's like that's a. I think there are not. I, I'll be honest. There's not a lot of investors out there that are like that. To be totally honest with you. I don't know. There's just a lot of ways to get to be successful. The wellness stuff that I'm talking about is, though, is I believe uh, if you look at, let's say, Elon Musk and how he was working and never stopping, and then all of a sudden he crashed and he's talking about... He's smoking weed on Joe Rogan. That's what happened. That's, right. that's, that's a, um, and my stock just destroyed. Like, there is just too much data that says if you just cut your body down to nothing that there's going to be consequences. So I feel pretty confident that the baseline idea of like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that. So I no, it's just an interesting conversation because I, I engage with people, obviously like you do every day, sometimes investment, sometimes it's business, just whatever the deal, you know, you're, you're working on. And I, even though I'm, this is like me being a hypocrite. Cause I'm also living like I might, you know, a couple cocktails deep. Right. So like, I can't, <laughs> you can't judge. Right. I actually get, a, I, I do judge. I watch and it's like you don't um, you don't have any interest in like capturing some unfair advantages and like I don't I don't need you to be evolved I don't you know young or old I don't need you to have like you're living the same lifestyle but I I do think when I see people and they have no ability to reflect and they have no ability to be like I'm not I'm not saying I'm okay doing but if it you wrong, if you but, were to go that I mean if you had the Dalai Lama that came in and he gave you some advice yeah. And many people think that he's one of the wisest people in the world, but I bet you there's some things that he will tell you that you'll never do. Correct. Um, and I actually so, like that too. That's why I said I'm a hypocrite because I, I actually love <laughs> nothing makes me happier than when a founder's like, F you, I'm not doing this. And it's right. like, all right, cool. I think, so but I did think they it, pause? That's the question. Did you pause and, and consider it? Because to me, uh, considering it is, is maybe more important, it is more important than parroting and doing whatever I do. Well, truthfully, I know that we have cognitive biases towards people that will agree with us 
And so it has to impact my decision yeah. to some degree. Sure, of course. So I'm like, and so I, I don't know if I'm answering your question or not. No, no. I like, yeah, I, I think you're very open about it. I think you're very. I tell you, the, just to introspective. Know this, this isn't on the wellness. I'll tell you one thing that will make my will impact me is when somebody, if they have their team and they're disrespectful to their team. Uh, yeah. uh, that is like you just like there's no way you can build something because it's more than just you. Um, and so, like, at the worst cases, like, that is clear. I never want to work with you because that person is supposed to be hand in hand with you. And I, I, that's one thing I do look for. I'll leave it with this quote Your title makes you a manager, your people make you a leader. Like it. We'll leave it right there. We'll go ahead and kick, the, uh, kick off with a little commercial.